Nation. Providing you with the practical tools and expert knowledge to optimize your strength, health and mindset, inside and out. With your host, Steve Katarzy. Guys, if you ever find yourself in a, in a bit of a rut when it comes to bringing new creative ideas to the kitchen and you end up recycling through the same foods every single week and you want to up your kitchen game, this may be the episode for you. I'm joined by my beautiful wife who is an incredibly amazing cook, Michelle. And she's an everyday woman. She's a wife. She's a mother of two kids. She has an incredibly busy life. Yet she just has it when it comes to putting food together that tastes great and is great for your body. So we have a chat initially about what seems to be a bit of a slow decline in people's ability to cook from scratch, you know, cook food that both looks good, is good for you and tastes good and do it quickly and do it intuitively. So we try and understand why that may happen. We look through the decades to point out clues. Um, we then talk about the Adaptation Food Diary, which could be a source of inspiration in its own right. There's 80 plus tasty, healthy meal ideas, all cooked by Michelle, all consumed by me and all incredible. We then get into Michelle's cooking approach, really trying to decode the way she thinks about food and how she approaches cooking. So we walk through her rules that govern her approach. We talk about the equipment she has in the kitchen, which isn't much, to be honest, um, as well as the easily accessible and key ingredients to have in your house to add to your shopping list, um, as well as some top tips dotted throughout the discussion, you know, whether it be superfoods or, you know, kind of pre-prepped whole foods to help with the, you know, the food cook time, as well as less inflammatory foods to add into your diet to replace things that could be a bit more problematic. Um, she also offers some great pearls of wisdom in terms of pro cooking tips and ways to season your food that just flood your taste buds with great flavor. Look, it's a great episode. I hope you enjoy it, guys. And if you have any questions or feedback, feel free to get through to us on the Facebook community page of Adaptation, as well as if you have any meal ideas that we haven't thought of, we would love to hear it. Enjoy, guys. I'm definitely glad to get back, not because there was any lack of joy. It was yeah, an incredible holiday, the best time we've ever had away from home. Yeah. And for such a long period of time to say that is, you know, it's brilliant. But I'm glad to be home because you, you know, it's, it's about rest and recovery and enjoyment when you're away. But then when you come back, you hope to take the value of chilling and reflection and go bring it to some good at home, right? To yeah. kind of, you know, get more productive or or see things in a different way or not get stressy about things. You mm. hope that holidays kind of reset you know, yeah reset yeah, and recharge reset right? yeah and i think they've definitely done that for us we, we got back and um we quickly got back into the swing of things got out of the jet lag you know you've done the shopping i did we started eating normally again <laughs> yeah. and just started to build those normal habits of you know waking up at the certain times yeah. and certain habits that we do every morning and you know getting the kids to school just that knowing what happens from day yeah, to day take some of the thinking out yeah of the routine the days, is, you know? is nice routine can be said that it's boring but I quite like a bit of structure and knowing what I'm doing from day to day 
um, yeah, not being flat out all the time. And you kind of take comfort in your in your routine and knowing what each day brings. This yeah. day's shopping day and this day is the girls' gymnastics or whatever. So, yeah, it's, it's good. No, I agree. I agree. So I'm def- definitely glad to be back. Um, and I'm definitely glad to be eating the foods we were eating. Whilst I think we, we ate pretty good, well, no, we, we ate fantastically I think we, I think in Australia, well. both the foods we had at home and some really good choices when we were out. So I don't think like as if it was it was a day, it was a month of letting go and eating like shit. That definitely wasn't the case. No. But getting home to having your food, your food is so good. <laughs> and it is, but the thing is, it's good mm. and I can plan around it. I know when it's going to happen. I know the quality. <laughs> I, I don't have to worry about you scrambling around to try and make something happen. There's there's enough choice and there's enough variety and there's enough goodness. But that got me thinking about just how lucky I am. Wow. That's quite an admission there. <laughs> <laughs> Go how, on. How lucky I am that that not only, you know, have we got, you know, the the creativity and the energy to you know, keep putting new ideas and new flavors on the table. But more importantly, you know how to do it because I, I can't cook or I won't cook. I've never you can never, barbecue. Never given myself the the space and time or the interest to really learn and develop a yeah. You know, a set of skills, a, a speed, and mm. all that kind of stuff. So I'm useless in the kitchen, and I'm just so grateful that you've got those basics nailed down to the point that. We have marvellous food. And I love the food that you make, babe. I really do. And then I was thinking, is that, is is it a dying skill? You know, this idea of scratch cooking. Cooking from scratch. Taking raw, hopefully good, wholesome, nutritious ingredients that you thrive on. And being able to cook up a meal that not only meets the needs of being low calorie or low fat or healthy, but tasty, like enjoyable food. Is that a skill that's dying on its ass? Um, is it blossoming? What, what do you think? Do you think we are we are going backwards or forwards as it relates to not just healthy eating, but the ability to cook from scratch at home? I think we're probably going backwards, personally. Um, I think our food choices are obviously improving. Um, people do seem a lot more health conscious now. And if you go to the supermarket, there's a lot more foods aimed at being healthier, like we saw in Australia. I mean, they're really quite health conscious. There's so much healthy food out there and whole foods and fresh foods. Um, so I think we're getting there in terms of choices. But I think we may well be going backwards in terms of starting to cook those from scratch and things because I don't know whether it's people's busy lives perhaps impacting it there's a lot more working parents these days than perhaps there was when we were kids um maybe that's impacted things but yeah I don't feel that people are as willing to get a set of ingredients and just start cooking and I don't know whether some of that is laziness also well I mean if you if you think about I don't know when when we were kids, so, you know, the most dominant time for me in my mind of food is, you know, the 90s, right? You know, because mm-hmm. it would have gone into our, you know, between 10 and 20, that kind of age. And um, they're probably the most easily accessible childhood memories of food, right? That kind yeah. of range. Yeah, you're not going to remember much and before. it was definitely the era of convenience. 
the food industry had found their feet and found their marketing mm-hmm. as it relates to convenience is what sells. You know, women are going to work mm. when they used to be stay at home mm-hmm. in, you know, the 40s and 50s and, you know, early 60s. Women are now going to work. You know, people, you know, both parents are holding down jobs. It's becoming harder and harder to give your, you know, prepare food and breakfast, get food ready for lunch when kids go to school, come straight home and make food. And, mm. and it's just, it is a ball lake. Yeah. And and the big, big industries, you know, cottoned on on that and sold and pushed convenience hard. So I don't know, when I, when I was young, I think of, you know, crispy pancakes and (laughs) (laughs) microchips microchips and you know um uh, pop tarts and pasta in sauce i used ridiculous low much much pasta in sauce these super convenience things that basically took you from hungry to food on your plate within half an hour with next to nothing other than open up the oven door or chuck some stuff in the saucepan I mean, those pastoral well, sauces would be done in like 10, 15, yeah. 10, 15 minutes. But but that that was that was my youth. As I, as I thought about being a kid, as I think about being a kid, it was all of that. I mean, my mum could cook, mm. but convenience grabbed hold of us and the popularity of convenience food in the 90s. Yeah. It was all the rage to, and perhaps it was quite novel to buy all well. of these kind of branded, exactly. packaged, processed foods that have been marketed yeah. so well, right? And the novelty for parents as well, like, hang on a minute, I can feed my kids in 15 minutes instead of an hour. Like, don't don't have to make up. a stew. Don't, don't, don't have to do a hot mm-hmm. pot. A don't have to yeah, you know, make a roast. Or sp- I could just chuck this mm-hmm. in and 20 minutes later, we're all good to go. Whereas I think when you think about the, the noughties, and I, I might be getting my kind of memory a bit, screwed Mm -hmm. but when i think about 2000s i think about whole grain everything's whole grain whole grain bread loads of nuts and seeded bread whole grain cereal bars whole grain everything was all about pushing brown rice stuff brown stuff yeah brown rice stuff this is the new healthy Mm. um low-fat diets Mm -hmm. you know anything that's low-fat low-fat cheese Low-fat yogurt, low-fat cereal bars, low-fat milk. It was like anything that was low-fat was being pushed off the shelves and bought at such a pace Mm. because the assumption was fat equals being fat. Yeah. So we're not going to have fat in our diets. I also remember it being, you know, the Atkins diet. You know, that was very popular in in the noughties. Mm Mm-hmm. But I also think it was also the rise and the start of this evolution of processed food going from really crap to less crap to actually you're starting to see some finest packages coming out, right? So if you think about the supermarkets in the UK, they're starting to brand, you know, value products, which looks cheap and nasty, you know, mid-range or finest and finest. You you could just look at the packaging. It looks like it's a fresher More product. Expensive, yeah. Looks mm-hmm. like there, there's better ingredients, mm. and it just looks slightly healthier. Mm. So you started to see this blossoming kind of, yeah, putting food together in a bit nicer way, but still in packaging. So mm. still give you the convenience, but we're now stepping up in terms of quality. Would you agree? Yeah, that's kind of what the naughties were. Yeah, I think so. Um... Yeah, I think they became more of a an influence on quality 
certainly people would want the like you say the finest things not just talking about tesco's but when you say finest obviously you just think of the nicest stuff waitrose was now like really building mm -hmm. up some steam on their own legs not just yeah. being the john lewis thing it yeah now m&s kind of started to become less Ocado, stuffy and you know, things that, that like that was kind of yeah, ramping up towards the back yeah. end of that people now started if they could afford it the middle class were starting to reach out for um better produced but nonetheless produced food yes yeah yeah because it's better produced but you don't feel as if it's as produced you still feel like you're a yeah you're still a cook if you open up a packet and get something with finest on it as opposed to starting from scratch a lord grossman you know tomato lord, sauce yeah, with grossman. some whole yes. grain rice and some fresh chilies mm -hmm. and some pancetta you put it all together you now feel like you know you're a cook yeah Do you know what i mean but, yeah. but, but you've really just put four ingredients together that have by and large all, all the flavors already been predetermined oh, it's been done for Do you, you know what yeah I mean? i'm not saying there's anything wrong with that but that, no. that for me was kind of really what kind of underlines the Noughties. And then I think if I think about this this decade that we're almost through, um, I think the reality is starting to sink in. And what I mean by that is there's definitely been some aha, aha moments in the last few years that, for example, oh, fats aren't mm. bad. Massively, now, yeah. some fats are. You know, the fats in margarine are bad. And the Trans fats, fats in, and things, yeah. in, you know, the... You know, all the oils that, you know, mm -hmm. are kind of chips and stuff are cooked mm -hmm. in are pretty bad. But the healthy fats in avocados and olive oil and nuts, nuts and stuff, mm -hmm. actually, they're not just okay. They're really good yeah. for you. <laughs> you know, they're good for hormone production and, you know, cholesterol is not bad. It's actually good as mm -hmm. long as it's the right cholesterol, which was a bit of a, I think it's a mind-blowing moment and it hasn't hit everyone yet. But no. I think, you know, the avocado Oh, movement is yeah. <laughs> pretty massive it is right? a movement it is there's like greeting cards with little avocados like avocado and stuff it's and crazy. i think it's probably instagram and stuff like that that's helped yeah M ideas of like you know there's always been you know kooky or hippie uh healthy people but they've yeah. always been seen as kooky and hippie but now you can take something that looks a little bit a little bit weird and you push it virally through social mm. media and all and of a sudden it's not up, weird yeah. it's like this is the next yeah. thing and everyone's on it like beetroot i don't remember seeing avocados as a kid either no I, I if i did know. i was i'd never go anywhere near them no. i mean like oh, what's that, what is that weirdness <laughs> <laughs> it's not a fruit it's not a vegetable it doesn't taste of anything what's it's the, green what's the deal? It's like, yeah. <laughs> but healthy fats keto is is king right you know everyone's realizing that not only health are fats good for you but a fat and protein only diet can actually be a really interesting way to live where you get more energy and starting to recognize that hey, carbs were evil in, you know, earlier part of this decade. Mm. Now we're starting to realize it's really the sugars and the processed mm. foods, the processed carbs, which are bad for us because yeah. they rise, the ins rise insulin to a point we get insulin sensitive and we start getting diabetes. But Carbs aren't actually that bad, but hey, if we do our best to minimize them, we could be in a better spot. Mm. And I think now there's also this insurgence of, oh, this, you know, when people used to say you're gluten, you're gluten intolerant, you'd think they're weird, like freak of nature, oddball that can't handle normal food. But the reality is those people were canaries of what's now mm, being expressed through, in yeah. every person, which is 
everyone's got a level of sensitivity. Now, some people may know it, some people may not, and some people it may be so mild that they can get on with it without yeah. it really affecting their lives. Yeah. But it's it's being it's undisputed through anyone who studies the impacts of both gluten and lactose that the majority of people are not well equipped to handle it, especially at the doses that we consume mm. it at. And that is starting to hit home, not universally, but people are starting to realize I can't, I'm, I'm addicted to carbs. I'm addicted to corn. Mm. Sorry, I'm addicted to grains. So I'm not going to change, mm. but oh, maybe I should at some point. Mm. If you think about a lot of people's meals, and certainly when we were growing up, I mean, you'd have cereal for breakfast and then a sandwich for lunch and then maybe pasta in the evening. It's Average day, <laughs> right? That, that was my normal day. And that would kind of, like you say, that would be day in, day out pretty much and then roast at the weekend or something. But that's a, that's a lot of that's a lot of grains. <laughs> and if you think about it, I mean... For most people still today, it's very hard to avoid gluten. Like if you chose, Massively, to, if, yeah. if you chose to, if you're actually a celiac, it's a pretty yeah. Because they they put they put flour or some kind of grain product in everything, in everything from mm -hmm. sauces through to obviously sausages. Yes, like, exactly sausages, it, sausages and hamburgers. Um, even you know, obviously all the baked goods and you mm -hmm. know, all this, lots of the sweets and the. Christmas donuts and yeah. stuff it's, it's all got it mm. so it's really difficult but if you if you are deliberate you can do it but even still it's tricky like having to reprogram yourself on what you're going to eat at breakfast yeah. when you're not going to have cereal and you're mm. not going to have toast and you're not going to have croissants yeah. m blows people's fucking mind yeah do you know what i mean it is hard mm. and i think people would go oh what am i going to have fruit oh great and people are saying is, I shouldn't have fruit either because, you know, there's yeah, too much the sugar in it. Yeah, so like you can't win sometimes, I can understand it? how people mm. find it difficult. But anyway, I think this decade is really around these aha moments of, hey, we need to get back to this kind of, and it's this paleo movement, mm. get back to a more ancestral way of eating. Yeah. Eat the way our body was designed to consume food. And if you can be a bit more animalistic about it and think about it based on what are those raw ingredients and eat those in the most unprocessed way yeah. with the least amount of blending and science at it, then mm. we're probably going to be better off. Yeah, I would imagine so. I mean, it, it sounds daft, but now you kind of look and you go, well, that's common sense. It's obvious. Yeah, you'd you think know, it'd be obvious, Don't right? mess around with your food. Yeah. But as I say, when someone's offering you that you can feed your kids quickly as opposed to take ages, then you're kind of going to take it, aren't you? So think about that. So with that kind of, from at least the 90s and, and it was definitely sooner than I'm just thinking about when I can remember mm. but for at least the last 30 years we've been on this uh, gradual reduction of home economics and kind of you know foundational teaching when it comes to cooking mm. to that being completely disbanded by and large, right? I, I would mean, imagine is so, it yeah. Yeah, you know, I know they've stopped it in, in, in America and I don't I don't think we've ever really done it in the UK, at you least for have, as long as I've been around. You didn't have home economics at school? No. We did. It would have been some token lip service thing, but, you know, yeah, cooking crap bread or, or yeah, a cupcake. I think we made like apple crumble and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> real food? Probably yeah, not. It's, not. It's more like about baking, sit, Yeah, right? not like a sit-down meal, yeah. Exactly, exactly. So it, it's not... It wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if you know the stats come out to suggest that there is a gradual decline in people's um, culinary expertise. Yeah, kitchen mm. IQ. Yeah, most probably. 
just because you know, we're passing it on from generation to generation, a level of quote unquote incompetency mm. as it relates to cooking from scratch and using raw ingredients yeah. because the foods are getting so well refined. And look, only last year, you know, it was a staple that I'd be having some kind of pre-packaged, beautiful, beautifully tasting chicken, you know, in crumbs and, mm. you know, panna cotta and, you know, or, I don't know, sorry, like, I don't know, pancetta, pancetta. and, you know, <laughs> some potatoes, all done in a pot. And then you might add something else to it. Yeah. All put in the oven, really quick for you, mm. tastes good for me. It was super quick and easy. And and it didn't taste like it came out of a packet. No. It tastes like it was cooked. But because the thing is, if you looked at it, it is still identifiable as a chicken breast, for example. It's not kind of mashed up and formed into a, a shape or anything exactly. like that. Exactly, it's definitely so better. It was predominantly kind of a cheese-stuffed chicken breast um, bacon. with bacon wrapped around yeah. it. And, and they were great. Crumb and something really, like that. Really, really good. Really easy for me. But the thing is, they're fully loaded with with um, salt and sugar because that's how they create. Really high, wasn't it? I was when I was using Minet Mm. Diary. I was blowing. You know, now in in all fairness, they say that the dietary recommendation of salt is far too low if you're healthy and you're getting your salt from mostly unprocessed food. Mm. They're saying actually you can go much higher than that. Mm. But based on that dietary recommendation, I was blowing it out of the water in that one meal every single day. Yeah. Every time I was having that, mm. I was over. Because it makes it taste good, right? And it's going to preserve it. It's the way they do it. Exactly. And it preserves it. Yeah. So with if 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 we accept that there's a gradual decline in cooking, and I know that, we know that firsthand. We've got friends who really don't know their way around the the kitchen and that's being polite yeah yeah we know people who have no idea and i'm not trying to be judgmental but i'm like how do you eat like <laughs> how are ha- you alive <laughs> how do you eat and how are your kids going to eat and how are your kids going to fend for themselves when you just can't work it out i mean mm. like there's like literally there's some there's a big gaping but, hole mm. between <laughs> real food and you and what you feel in the, in, in the middle is stuff you can stick in the oven, pull out in 30 minutes. Mm. And that's that, that's upsetting because what's that mean for our kids and our mm. kids' kids in terms of the foods we're going to prepare? You know, at best, someone's going to know how to cook a roast or maybe a spaghetti dish. Mm. Outside of that, everything's going to come from yeah, some kind of pre-made product. kind of getting handed down those grandma's secret recipe kind of things anymore. You didn't. I didn't not. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it started I then. Because if you think about, you know, the 90s was when you were getting fed by your parents mm. and they were bang on the bandwagon of, you know, these easy to of course. create foods. They both worked and it was like, that's what you need to do. So you've kind of like broken the mold, right? For your age, I would well, say, I would say, you know, they're, know. they're still, a, I'd still say our generation, there's still some good cooks, but there's, there's actually quite a few people that have no idea yeah. too. And I think there's this kind of niche which would confuse us. There's this kind of niche, um, almost geekish culture of like, you know, London Borough Market, fine food, mm-hmm. watching Master, Master Chef, Chef fine style. wine, yeah, yeah. you know, Sunday, just all day cooking, Ooh, experimenting, creativity, yeah. especially if it's just a, a young oh, yeah, couple if you're on your own, without yeah. kids, mm. you know that indulgent using all the full fat ingredients, mm. just putting stuff together and just enjoying the creation and, yeah. in the kitchen. Yeah. I know there are loads of people that do that. Of course there is. But when I say loads, I'm, I'm talking a tiny, tiny percentage yes. of our population. But it feels yeah. like loads if you 
hanging around in the right circles. Yeah. So yeah. what what do you do? What 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 is is it is it something you are despondent about or concerned about? Um what are are there are there do you think there are things that are happening or afoot that will buck that trend? I don't know. I mean, I don't think that it's a massive issue for our kids because they're going to see me and they help me cook. So they kind of, they don't know how to cook, but they've got the kind of fundamentals, you know. They have an expectation me... that you cook from scratch. Yes, that's, yeah, that's they do. The, the they key s- right now is they see that Yeah, they see me chopping. And it's taking raw ingredient and putting t- it together. Yeah, making, yeah. It, making it work. But then maybe part of that is the area that we live in as well because they've had an after-school club, which has been like cookery club. And they have made things from scratch, you know, um, any, anything from kind of sushi. I remember one time Holly made sushi at mm. school. So if other schools aren't doing that, then, yeah, perhaps that is going to get lost. But luckily, some places do pick up on that and, and realise that it's important for kids to know. And the kid girls just love anything that they... If they're reluctant to try something, if I get them to help it's suddenly like, oh, this is good. Because they suddenly get enthused that they've made it. I mean, Kira, if she helps to make your dinner, she can't stop asking you, how is it, Daddy? How's this? Yeah. How's this? I done that. I chopped your cucumber. It's it's lovely. But that but that wouldn't be as effective if it was, let's help make Daddy's dinner. We're going to pull a yeah, exactly. pie out of the freezer. Absolutely, of course. And you know what I mean? And, and just something else. Turn the else. oven on for me. Mm. Whilst they would enjoy the process of making it, they wouldn't have learned anything. Or, no, of or course what, not. what you're saying, get that expectation that there's a process of cooking. No. Okay, so we're good. We're all right, Jack. <laughs> but I mean, more broadly, as you think about whether it's just your circle of friends, you know, our circle of friends, if you just cast the net wide enough to think about all the mums and uh, guys and girls that you know, Obviously, you don't live with them, but do you have a sense of whether people are competent? Um, in my personal circle, I would say that people are quite confident, yeah, and they're willing to feed their kids good food. And again, perhaps that's based on the area that we live in and affluency rates and things like that. But yeah, there's, there's, there is an importance on what kids are getting. But then... If we extend the net, as you say, towards friends, we've obviously got friends from lots of different circles and lots of different areas. And perhaps that's not as visible in those situations, I don't think, which is interesting. It's, it's crazy. And the, there is a difference, right? And again, we can't judge and we don't know. No. There is a difference not. between a willingness and a desire to put good food on the plate and creating tasty food. Yeah. A lot of people think they're two different things. Mm. Are you going to be healthy or it's going to be tasty? What yeah. do you want? <laughs> do you know <laughs> what I mean? You know, it yeah. can't be both. Either I'll, I'll, you know, get your finest thing from, from yeah. Waitrose and then I'll put some of the bits and pieces together or I'll make something from scratch. But, you know, it's going to be from scratch. Right? Yeah. It's not going to have a lot of flavor in it. Yeah. You know, steamed rice and some broccoli and some chicken Ooh. and maybe a little bit of sauce. Wow, yummy. Do you know what I mean? But, I think that is a skill that is probably dying on its ass, which is the refinement. Perhaps. You know, putting a few things in pots and chopping a few things at its basic level shouldn't be too complicated, but no. it's the taste and it's the instinct of it needs this herb, this spice, yeah. 
bring this yeah. bring this to it bring the flavor out is it cooked enough or too much mm. and that kind of sense of bringing it together in a way which delights mm. the taste buds mm. i wouldn't know but again that that skill is is a learned skill and an experienced skill not something you can just read from a book no i certainly i don't think i've ever picked up a cookbook so no certainly not something you can just yeah, and it's very hard to show that even in a cookbook. I remember looking at cookbooks throughout life and just thinking they're so complicated and I've got to go and pick up a million and one ingredients just to make one dish. It all sounds too complicated and expensive to make one meal. And you'd kind of look at the recipe times and things and it'd be like prep time, 45 minutes, and cooking time, an hour and a half. And like, no. No way. No way. Exactly. <laughs> it's not going to happen. You'd look at those books and you think, okay, are we going to have a treat? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Next yeah. weekend, you know, we'll go Let's to Tesco's. Let's make a day of it. Exactly. We'll go and search Tesco's High for all the bits that we need. Lemongrass and things. And we'll like spend that, yeah. fifty quid because we haven't got any of the ingredients. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? But and we spend all day and we'll fuck it up and yeah. it'll be okay. Yeah. Whereas what you're looking for is something that you can go to every day, and yes. um, and I think you know the likes of Jamie Oliver and some of the guys like that are mm. are starting to, you know, spin that message of faster healthy cooked simple food Uh, i don't know how well that's bled into the general population i do think more and more people are going to those resources for some inspiration Mm. and i think that really is why we started up the adaptation food diary right Mm. on that food diary i don't surprise you there's over 80 different meals now some of them are quite similar 80 or different entries and that probably you've 79 cooked, with sweet potato? It probably. Right, okay, yeah. <laughs> but cooked in 79 different, different ways. There you go then, 79 different <laughs> ways to cook sweet potato. I can, I can honestly say that almost every one of them have been incredible, with a couple of them being great, and maybe one or two of them being good. There hasn't been one rubbish move. If it's been a rubbish move, I haven't put it up there. It's mm. all been... There hasn't been a rubbish move, how all, dare you? <laughs> exactly. It's all been good. Yeah. It's, it's, it's food, more importantly, it's not just tasty food and or healthy food. It's food that is known to make you thrive, right? The difference yes. between, you know, low calorie or low fat or whatever, however you want to define healthy, like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm, I'm on a health kick. I'm going to just have stir fries oh, all God, week. Yeah. Like, no, fuck that. That sounds like shit. Or I'm a, I'm a bit bodybuilder. I'm just going to have steamed rice, broccoli. And chicken and chicken, mm. and I'm going to carry around in Tupperware Tupperware boxes, like mm. that doesn't excite me. No, and that wouldn't be something I'd ever put up on Adaptation as, a, no. as something to promote. <laughs> like, eat this. This is great. It might be good in the macros, but yeah. it's not nutrition. It's not fully loaded with nutrition other than the broccoli. No, and a bit of protein from the chicken. Whereas the food that we're putting together, you're putting together, is um, is designed around the core tenets of high protein, high prebiotic value, mm. which feeds the gut, superfoods, which are known to have a variety of different properties for our immune system health and mm. for our general di- digestional health um, and or anti-cancerous or, you know, have antioxidants, all those mm. kind of cool things. Every single meal has a, has a, a strong bias towards good prebiotics and superfoods and good, healthy um lean meats yeah and it's all easily accessible food that we you can get from your local supermarket oh, yeah, I don't go there's no special. fancy 
you know, boutique shop, you know, trying to get like no. really weird ingredients. Weird, no. It's all easily accessible stuff. And, you know, some of the things maybe 10 years ago you'd struggle to find in Tesco's, but they're all oh, available so, now, yeah. right? Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't kind of do multi shops. I don't have to go to, I don't know, an Oriental supermarket or something like that to try and find stuff. It's all, it's all going to be in Tesco's. <laughs> Which is cool, right? Because yeah. 10 years ago, you probably couldn't have found sauerkraut no, in Tesco's. probably not. Probably not, right? Probably not. Some of the, you know, the Indian spices, they may have not been available. They might not have even had avocados back then. There you go. Like... <laughs> <laughs> I think they did. <laughs> um, most importantly, there's... Uh, simplicity in the cooking approach. There is. And you've got a rule of sub 40 minutes, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and I think um, across all those meals, I mean, I see you, you're in and out in that kind of time frame. Half an hour is the average. Yeah, I usually start cooking at six and your dinner's on the table at half six. Which is fantastic because the meals are <laughs> fantastic on every level. Macros, you know, you could be specific on calories because you've got that kind of knowledge. Um from a superfood and vitality perspective, they're great. And they're filling. It doesn't mm. feel like as if I've had good food, but I'm still ravenous. Oh, your I'm full afterwards because yeah. they're, they're huge because you've got so they much are. fibrous, mm. low-calorie foods on there. Mm. They're brilliant. So if people haven't already checked it out, go check it out. I think you can get some inspiration of, honestly, I'm a foodie and there's nothing there that I wouldn't, I wouldn't again. choose again. Yeah. And I wouldn't recommend if they were coming over to try it because mm. I'm proud that the food that we eat at home is stuff that I'd have, I'd buy outside at a restaurant. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah, it's that was good, a menu tasty choice. stuff. Mm. So why don't yeah, that's I think one way, you know, from the likes of Jamie Oliver and Joe Wicks or others that are uh, trying to drive a healthy, sustainable, but easy, easy way yes. of cooking at home mm. is really the really the way that we're going to break the cycle. I think so. Away from processed packaged foods that you mm. just stick in the oven. Mm. Any other kind of like glimmers of hope that would suggest that there's a there's a way to buck this trend and take our, take us away from this dependency on pre-made food? Because I wouldn't even say package, because package package can have the connotation that it's only frozen stuff. Yeah, that's you know like a bird's eye or something like that. But but package for me, it's pre-made. Like anything that you pick up that you don't have to think about the flavours because it's already flavoured, mm -hmm. already put together mm -hmm. with the salt, the sugar, the fat, the whole concoction of stuff, whether it's a fresh pizza you pick up from a supermarket or yeah, or a fresh soup. It's all still made for you. So is, yeah. the, the art of cooking and learning how to create tasty food, even though we're having better, healthier choices, they're still made for us and therefore there's a gap and a gap that I'd love for us to try and fill in our lifetime so our kids have an opportunity to keep paying that forward. Yeah. Yeah, that would be nice. So it would be nice to not leave a legacy per se, but yeah, leave them with knowledge that, that they can sustain themselves and be healthy whilst doing so. And But the thing that I struggle with, I think these supermarkets and the big brands are going to become smarter, and if they see that, their foods are dwindling, they'll just ramp it up somehow and they'll package it differently or they'll say that it's got this or that or the other and make people want to buy it again because they're not stupid at the end of the day. And they're they're going to go where the demand is. Absolutely. Right? But then that is already happening. Yeah. If you think about the, um, the diversity of the fresh 
fruit and vegetable area mm-hmm. that is definitely becoming more interesting you know mm-hmm. purple broccoli you know um yeah. rainbow carrots yeah, quirky, quirky uh, stuff yeah. i mean like just like stuff that maybe 15 years ago would have been harder to find mm-hmm. uh tender stem broccoli i mean those things weren't as readily available you'd no, go so there and there would be the yeah. basic english yeah of course type, broccoli um, and carrots yeah. yeah yeah they're certainly getting so that's involved improving. In that. avocados yeah. you know <laughs> <laughs> Turmeric is everywhere. Hummus is everywhere. Mm. You know, halloumi is everywhere now. You know, things that are, are are known to be less inflammatory and or good for you is is definitely there's a an insurgency, a growth, and they see it and they can make money doing those. Yeah, exactly. The challenge is they make less money peddling fresh fruit and vegetables, of course, because they do. the supply chain is just less yeah, margin. Exactly. There. There's less margin there. Yeah, of and course. how you can't you can't remarket a broccoli and make it twice as expensive mm. and put some fancy marketing around or maybe you can but <laughs> i but, reckon they'll try but that's got to be the direction because yeah. you know making fancier boxes for pre-made food is not going to be answering the question that people are going to start answering no. so they're going to have to pivot to the healthy foods and how can they brand foods that come out of the earth without touching them and find a way to put more well, margin on there. Well, I think we're probably going to see, because now if you go into Tesco's, for example, which I was in today, um, funny enough, there's now a, where the Reading Mill section was a bit kind of dingy and grim and you kind of think, Ooh, it's kind of real meal for one. There's actually a lot of meals popping up now, which are, which look quite cool. And it makes you go, oh, that's quite quick and easy. Well, I'm two and a half minutes in the microwave. And it looks like the kind of food that you'd cook at home. Yeah. So you've got like a green Thai curry or something, which is fresh. Like there's not an expiration date of like two months time. It needs to be used within a couple of days because it's fresh ingredients. So they're certainly cottoning on to that. And these meals are like four pound each. So it's... value and it's convenience. Exactly. And it's it's filling the void of the lack of skill. Exactly. So, it so ticks I think all the boxes. those are coming in now. Yeah. There's a bigger section for healthy ready meals now, things in little pots and little containers and these kind of little mixing pots that you mix this one yeah. and this one and And this is all a, a good movement. It is. I'm not being judgmental that they're because I don't think as opposed to the food industry manip I'd say they have manipulated our food choices. Mm-hmm over the last maybe not last 10 years but 20 years before that yeah. it's definitely the food industry from the cereal makers to the yeah. bread makers they were deciding what was going to be they eaten. were telling yeah, you yeah, how definitely. breakfast should be mm-hmm. done mm-hmm. right breakfast wasn't cereals until kellogg's made yeah. breakfast about cereals mm. so the food industry has defined how we eat now i think we're starting to define how we want to yeah. eat and the food industry are having to respond that's it, and that's really exciting yeah exactly it doesn't fill the gap of skill it doesn't. No, no, you're right. It doesn't fill the gap of skill, but it's quite good to see at least that they're responding to that and going, oh, people do want to be healthier. Let's give them healthier food. Yeah. Chances are you could replicate that same meal a lot bigger portion for half the price. But if you haven't got that basic skill and you don't know how to do it and you don't know where to start, then what are you going to do? So talk to me about um, how you can help. So you've helped... Uh, you're continuing to help and we will continue to help through really expressing our life through the food diary um, and making sure that always continues to be accessible, easy, quick, highly nutritious, something you can do on a diet or a bulk, it could mm-hmm. be either or, but most importantly, it's geared towards tasty, 
food that helps you thrive and be the best you. But but it misses some context, if I'm honest, babe. It misses uh, cooking times, mm -hmm. cooking processes. How do I flavor? How, yeah. You know, um, what skills? What skill level do I need? Mm. It misses context, and I, I still think it's probably leaving people short of going. Oh, that looks tasty. Oh, it also looks healthy. I still don't know how to make it, and mm. it still looks too complicated. Just because we haven't provided the context, whether it's a video. And our videos, I think, are the way forward, but we haven't provided the video, the ingredients, the the, the simplicity narrative that helps people think, actually, I'm going to go doable. do that. I'm yeah. going to do that. I'm going to go add some stuff to my my online shopping basket. Yeah. I'm going to do that next week. Yeah. I'm gonna, we're going to poll shortly to try and get a sense of how many people are responding to what mm. they've seen, other than, oh, that looks nice. I suspect we haven't had the impact we would have liked yet because it would feel perhaps still out of their comfort zone from a skill or uh, resource perspective. Mm. So how can you try and break that down and break down some of those um, yeah, some of those preconceived ideas of your food taking too long and being too complicated? So I'm going to do a blog soon about what are my kind of kitchen staples and what I use and what are kind of must-haves and things like that. Because whilst it's not going to be painted by numbers... I think it's useful to understand that it's not actually that tricky. It's not going to be too hard. Um, yeah, there's certain things that I always have to have in the cupboards and there's certain things that I always have to have utensil-wise. And if you've got those, then if you've got those and you've got the, the raw ingredients, it's quite straightforward. But then, I don't know, if you're not intuitive in the kitchen, maybe it doesn't. Do you enjoy cooking? No. <laughs> Which is like the biggest revelation ever. Yeah. Well, so, I don't know. So is I can it, definitely like... say you cook. The kids will say you can cook. Mm. Anyone who visits us says, oh, yeah, you're a great cook. Everyone says that. At bar none. Everyone enjoys eating here because you can put a good plate together. You don't do complex stuff. You don't do fancy. No, I don't do fancy. You don't do Michelin star or, mm. you know, master chef styled, you know, yeah, fancy, multi-processed no, no, stuff. No, no. You just do tasty food that makes you happy because it because <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> doesn't feel happy. greasy and doesn't make you feel bloated and mm. feel like as if you've been bad. How can you do that when you don't enjoy cooking? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I think the overwhelming desire to see you and the girls enjoy the food is what drives me to do it because. I don't enjoy cooking. I don't have a very good relationship with food personally. So it's the it's knowing that I can make you guys as healthy as you can be, which makes me want to do it, I suppose. As opposed to, yeah, if I was living on my own, I wouldn't be cooking those kind of foods. I would be that person in Tesco's going around getting the ready meals yeah. because I don't have that relationship with food to want to explore it. But there's a difference between making sure people are fed and watered to making sure they're fed and watered with good food to making sure they're fed and watered with good food and it tastes good that that that's kind of that there's three steps there like yeah you know your mum always made sure you were fed and watered mm -hmm. and where possible she would use you know basic ingredients that she knew she 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 would never have fed you anything that she thought was bad for you no. she may have not known whether things were good for you or less good for you yeah but the food she gave you she never met she never would purposely oh, no, have made bad choices yeah, you know what i mean no 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 but 
I think we can fair to say, and she would say herself, she's not a culinary expert. She's never developed that skill no. for taste and uh, style and uh, creativity and diversity of food choices. It would mm. be the same staples week in, week out. So there's a difference between making sure my kids are not malnourished mm. to making sure they love food and love what I put on the plate. What's helped you get there, do you think? I honestly, I don't know. I couldn't, I couldn't pinpoint, there's not like a kind of a defining moment or anything. I, I wouldn't even say, I don't know, maybe I have quite a good palate, perhaps, naturally. Perhaps I just kind of know what works. It's very hard to say, but I can kind of look at ingredients and go, that'll work with that. A bit like some people, which is not me, you're quite good in the terms of fashion sense in like, those jeans don't go with that t-shirt. I don't do that. I just throw something on. You're like, why are you wearing black and blue? Like, it doesn't go. Um, but for me, I just look at ingredients. I go, those flavours should work together. Mm. They, they just will. Even though you don't taste the food. I don't taste the food. I never so eat the food much, that I make. But in my weird. mind, I'm just yeah. kind of going, well, that's kind of salty and that's kind of spicy and that's kind of this and that and the other so together they should work that's great so look help why don't we why don't we try and use the rest of this discussion maybe as a precursor to your blog why mm. don't you try and decodify <laughs> demystify okay how you think about it so i don't know why don't you why don't you talk about uh, um why don't you talk about some of the rules that you live by when when you think about cooking? Why don't you talk about when you put a plate together, the kind of things you want to see on a plate, maybe the key equipment, the tools, that are, or this kind of skill level you think people need. Just try and de decode this a little bit so people can walk away from this going, actually, this ain't rocket science. I just need to put some foundations it's in there. It's definitely not rocket science. I've got nothing in my kitchen that I'd say that anyone else doesn't. Unless you're in an Airbnb in Australia. Mm. <laughs> um, most of the stuff that I have, there's nothing kind of special and there's nothing that you have to go out of your way to buy. Everything is available. I've always got, I always make sure that I've got a good set of herbs and spices so in the cupboard. why don't we start with the rules? Why don't you hit hits with, with that first? Like my, what, 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 what are your rules? governing principles okay, to, to food, cooking for your family? Um, can't take, like you say, can't take any more than kind of half an hour, 40 minutes. I can't be in the kitchen that long because I've got an evening to spend with the girls. And, and, and we have different stuff. meals as well, right? Yeah, yeah. sometimes I'll cook four different meals if I'm eating and then other times the kids won't want the same stuff. So yeah, sometimes I have to do that. So you have to take that into con uh, consideration. There's nothing in the kitchen that, you know, I haven't got a sous vide machine or anything like that a vacuum pack machine yeah no exactly <laughs> I, I don't have any of that yeah so there's nothing fancy um my kind of go-to is a good old frying pan and a griddle um good quality baking trays loads of sharp knives because i do love a sharp knife um uh yeah and then kind of in terms of ingredients just lots and lots i mean our herb and spice cupboard is Pretty full. Load of coconut oil, avocado oil, rice bran oil, all different things that kind of give a little bit of different flavours based on what you're cooking. We cook with a load of butter as well. And obviously back in our days, that would have been like a no-no. Mm. Don't, don't cook with butter, it's all fat. But yeah, now have zero like, fat butter. Exactly, have yeah. margarine. And now everyone's doing the U-turn on the margarine. Yeah. So I cook with a lot of butter. So you, you don't have pepper. fancy equipment. I don't. Would you say you... 
have any fancy techniques? No. Like, no, uh, I wouldn't say so. Chopping, griddling, <laughs> putting stuff in the oven, splashing some spices and herbs over stuff, a little bit of, you know, simmering. Yeah. Is there anything beyond that? No. I don't, I, I, don't, I, I don't think well, there is. I mean, there isn't, because you've seen me cook. I don't do anything fancy. The one thing that I would say, which is maybe a little bit of a top tip, um, I find vegetables quite bland. I think majority of people do. You like your vegetables, but then that might be a little kind of tip that I'm about to give. So tonight you had some salmon, which I cooked in a little bit of butter with some herbs and whatnot. But then with that leftover butter in the pan, drizzle it on your vegetables just to brilliant you know gives it a little bit of flavor and then you've got the cooking juice of the salmon so you've got a little bit great of nice yeah i always think my Wipe leeks the... take love yeah takes, exactly tastes Wipe... lovely but i know a lot of people think leeks pointless yeah and if you've just boiled leeks yeah and just thrown them on the plate then yeah they're not going to taste great but if you use what you've just cooked with put some fats over them put some fats over it brilliant happy days it suddenly tastes quite good so that's one of my little but they're little tips. things like that but there's but there's nothing that's elaborate no <laughs> and something that's yeah, this like multi-step complex process that no. will blow people's minds, and as you say, needs special equipment. I don't see you do any of that. <laughs> I don't even see you. Don't even see you. Don't even really blend. Blend? No, I don't blend. You don't really. I mean, like if you have to, but I'll hardly do, ever. If I do a soup, but no, that's blend. But that's a, right? yeah. I don't do that very often. Literally, is you know chopping. It is chopping and. Yeah, putting bare stuff, essentials. Putting stuff on the, the hob or in the oven, mm. which, which is great. And it all tastes amazing. And sweet potato jackets straight in the microwave. So they're really straightforward as well. And they taste amazing. And one thing that I've suddenly got my brother onto after being in Australia is a sweet potato jacket, bit of butter in there, and then a big dollop of hummus on top. Sounds like it shouldn't work. Oh, but now amazing. he's a convert. He's like, oh, yeah. sweet potato and hummus. When you think sweet potato, and when you think jack potato, you think jack potato, loads of butter, cheese and beans, or yeah, for maybe like a white a tuna potato, or something yeah. like that. So it is a bit of a is a bit of a diversion. Yes. To, to put hummus on on a potato. Yeah, and I wouldn't put it on a really white potato, good. but yeah, you put it on a sweet potato, and it tastes yeah. amazing. It's yeah, weird. True. Yeah. <laughs> um, what about? I think we've touched on this already, but, you know, in my mind, I think, like, it's all about accessible food, mm -hmm. as in it's all got to be available at that one supermarket you go. Yeah, Right. You aren't going multi-supermarket multi no, or going to the local that. butchers no. or to the local deli or, you know, having to go to the food market. It's all got to be available. Mm -hmm. Now, it'd be great if you could, you know, source locally where you could and, you know, work with either local farmers or people producing yeah. local food. You don't have time for that. Um, I don't expect that from you. No, I mean, in Tesco's, for example, and MLS and things like that, they're quite good nowadays. So if you go and buy your eggs, for example, they'll tell you what farm it's from in Buckinghamshire, Which for is example. Cool. Yeah. So they're sourcing their stuff locally because for them, obviously, it's better in terms of transport costs as well. So whilst I'm not going out of my way to buy local, I know that... Luckily, the supermarkets yeah, are kind of meeting you exactly, halfway. Exactly, they're meeting you halfway yeah. and they're going, okay, well, this um, chicken that you're buying is farmed in Norfolk. Okay, so free-range chicken, running around a farm in Norfolk. That's not too far. And you kind of go, well, you know, it's local-ish. Um, it's not getting transported from Argentina, yeah. for example. And, and you know, through, you know, through you know, the likes of Tesco's, you know, you are continuing to support the supply chain. But yeah. it's through Tesco's and, yeah, I mean, it, we could do a better job. 
we uh, could do yeah. a better job of trying to source I could go to the market every food Saturday closer and go to and, nature exactly and go right and get my where food and veg, but... there's less travel mm. where we've got great certainty mm. on on how the food is prepared it's almost definitely going to be um, you know the the livestock is going to be looked after better yes typically yeah. you know you could you you could make even better choices than you yeah, are now absolutely but I think the choices you are making are easily accessible through the likes of Tesco's mm-hmm. But good quality, mm-hmm. you know, I wouldn't say you go for the most expensive, the most finest of every cut of this, that and no. other and weird, you know, fishes and going to the fish counter and buying. You you are, by and large, you know, you're going for middle of the road, mm. but healthy mm. um, cuts of meat and, and, and vegetables. You're not, you're not trying to buy the finest of everything. No, no. I mean, our shopping bill is expensive enough as it is. I don't want to... <laughs> start um, getting the finest of everything but no I will where possible get free range chicken and free range eggs and things like that because just to be a bit more conscious of what we're eating um, unfarmed salmon and things like that yeah so a lot of lion caught fish I mean you could absolutely go the you could take it to an extreme and it, it typically happens when I go shopping mm-hmm. it does because I get drawn into the finest labels and the marketing that kind of makes something pop and I go oh you know, it must be better it lo- it's, it's in better it's in it's, it's in better a better cardboard. Yeah, it's in a you know better I mean? piece of plastic. That, that, we've got to get that one. So I get drawn into that. Luckily, you you see through that marketing, and yeah, you kind I of do. you kind of find the happy path, which is good quality, but not you're not overspending no. for the sake of it. No. What about what about processed and packaged foods? Then we're we're kind of making a play for minimising that. But how does that feature in our adult diets? Um. It doesn't feature very often. If I was to do, so we were talking about staples in the cupboards and herbs and spices and things like that. And I've always got things like that. But where I lack in terms of the herbs and spices on the front is, is if, for example, I was doing a Thai green curry, I'm not going to have all of those herbs and spices yeah. in the cupboard. And I'm not going to have lemongrass in the fridge. And I'm not going to have, you know ginger paste i mean i do have that in the fridge at the moment but i'm not you know i haven't got those kind of things yeah. around yeah because you, so you don't instance, you don't cook a lot of asian or kind of thai exactly, foods you don't have don't the, cook the raw ingredients it, it's not there and i've got absolutely no problem with going and getting you something where it's you know like a little bit of curry paste and then you mix blue some coconut. dragon something yeah or you mix some coconut milk in with it that for me is like well they've kind of done the hard work for me i'm not adverse to that and i'm not suggesting people shouldn't do that because at the end of the day even if you're doing that, you're one step better off than getting a packaged meal because you're still cooking it. You're still frying in the wok. Are you making? Um, are you trying to make? Are you able to make better choices? Choices between? I think what you're talking about there is mainly sources. Sources, your, yeah. Your your go-to kind of packaged product still is still the source. Yeah. Just because they're the more complicated pieces exactly, to make. Exactly. Yeah. And if I'm. But you wouldn't do... necessarily make. You wouldn't. You've kind of moved away from Dalmio and stuff like that yeah, as yeah, your kind of tomato because yeah, you can I do your use... own. Yeah, I don't, I don't see why I should pay for a Dolmio because they've got quite quite high sugar content as well and preservatives, obviously, in yeah. them. And the tomato sauce is quite basic, really. Um, we could even do a little, a little tomato sauce video. It's they're they're not complicated. Once yeah. you've got the few ingredients in the cupboard and a bit of passata, you're good to go. You've got your own tomato sauce. But things like Asian food and Chinese and things like that. That's your. That's where you go exactly. to get the processed stuff. Exactly. A- anything else on a package front? I mean, when I say packaged, I'm pro- I should probably clarify things that are multi-ingredient. Like you obviously buy 
a lot of stuff that's in packages. I think about, you know, lazy garlic. I think about oh, yeah, le- leafy, leafy butterhead salad. That's, you know, a mixed bag of salad. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, beetroots in packaging, you know, sauerkraut's in a, in a, in in a, a jar. In mm-hmm. a jar. Uh, hummus is in a pot. Mm. You know, there's there's still a lot of stuff that's in packaging. Yeah, but of course. We're, we're talking about, you know, you know, science, you know, lab prepared food basically. Exactly. Mon- if anything's got more than ten ingredients, mm. you know, that's probably something you would you would avoid, right? I try and because uh, if you have have you had a look at the back of some of these yeah, packaged exactly. packaged foods, and, and there's like sixty of... to a hundred yeah. different ingredients, and they're usually chemical names they're yeah. not even foods that you and can, e-numbers and things and you don't even know what they are and if you can't pronounce them i don't really want to eat it yeah that's so i think that's one of our general rules isn't it if you look at the label and you can't pronounce it then you don't want it in your body and you see all these like dextrose and maltose mm. and all these kind of like sugars all that sugars. are hiding mm. under these different names of course but then they make they're the still sugars they make the food taste great though don't they <laughs> okay so you by and large packaged food is out of our out of our fridge yeah i'd say so yeah, Obviously, halloumi's so. still in in packaging, but we're talking <laughs> we're talking multi ingredient <laughs> packaging where things have been yeah. processed. Yeah, but then likewise, if I'm going to make you an eggs Benedict or something, I can't be bothered to make a hollandaise from scratch. I mean, I could, but then they give you a little sachet with some sauce, and you put a dollop of milk in it, and then that's it's fine. it's done. Exactly. But they're few and far between. But pesto, I think that's great. Pesto. We have things like some condiments like pesto. Is... Pesto, yeah. But then again, if you look at those ingredients, what is it? Pine nuts, oil, olives. Basil. Basil. It's depending on what flavour you're going for. It's not yeah. really kind of you know, packaged per se. Yeah, but there's a fine line. I'm just trying to of create course, that yeah. distinction between what we think is a healthy thing to have in a mm. in a carton or a box or a on a or a package versus something that we wouldn't do. Mm. And really I think it's really the idea of process and it's the idea of process kind of sources. Yeah. It's so the I'm idea of things that are with. yeah. Yeah. Suspects and not 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 roaring. They're not made from raw ingredients. Mm. You can tell that. Mm. Okay. Um, is there anything else on a rules perspective? Um, what about condiments generally? What am I? My case. Okay, so like what what what, what 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 would you not do condiments wise? Have you have we made changes to condiments? No. I'm, I'm asking a loaded question because we have. If I think about ten years ago. Oh, okay. Like so... ketchup was like. Yeah, a it was like a staple and barbecue sauce and mayo and things like that. Yeah, we don't really use that as much now. We're kind of more of the you you were having Greek yogurt for a while, but now we've moved on to like sheep's yogurt, hummus. We love a bit of hummus to go with everything. It's pretty much <laughs> daily, right? <laughs> we we go through a lot of hummus. We don't do much in a way condiments because I think no. when I was younger, condiments were there to make the food taste a bit better. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? Because you needed you needed mm. the ketchup. Yeah. Right. The ketchup, like I remember when we first got together, like you needed ketchup with everything. You you needed it. It was it was yeah, it was like, incomplete unless I didn't have mm. ketchup on my plate. Yeah. Because it has so much salt it and does. so much sugar. Once you get used to that, it basically desensitizes your taste buds <laughs> to everything else. Everything else tastes like shit, even if it's good. Yeah. Because that is so <laughs> punchy. So, I still like ketchup though, but yeah, I, I can't remember. But you don't need it anymore, no, right? Because the food you make can stand on its own, mm. and what and we don't necessarily need the wetness. But mm. that's why the you know hummus works just because it brings a little bit of different yeah, texture and flavour. Yeah, yogurt, things like that, Greek yogurt, anything like that, really. Um, yeah, condiment wise, I don't. We do a bit of perinase actually, which probably yeah. is not. 
Yeah, a little bit of mayo. I don't know if how good that is. It's mayo with a bit of spice, I guess. See something, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. They're the rules. Um, what, what, other, what else do you want to talk about? So they're the key things that drive. What about if you think about, you've spoken about key equipment. We've spoken about kind of techniques. Anything else you want to talk about? Maybe just hit us with some of the kind of staple foods that you have around the house to, you know, if you have these in your house, you can always make a good meal. Oh, Like tricky. going across like the different categories of okay. stuff. Okay, all right. So I always need butter and I always get grass-fed butter because I I cook eggs in butter. Um, yeah, if you're going to do like fried eggs or something like that, then may as well cook them in butter as opposed to oil. Um, so always have to have butter. Always have to have olive oil. Um, now you're not meant to cook with olive oil because you're not meant to let it get to high temperatures. So you need an alternative oil to cook with, either avocado or rice bran mm-hmm. is our preference, or coconut even. Yep. They're all good to cook with. And so those are the kind of oils that I would always And they're staples, to. right? They, they're you're using have. some kind of oil or butter almost across every meal. Yeah. 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 I think every Yeah, I would say so. Whether yeah, it's a salad with olive oil exactly. or you cook it sweet, sweet yeah, potato, it's not wedges like I'm and rice bran. using loads, but a little drizzle of oil on. Yeah, there. of course. It has to go on something. Um, yeah, a little bit of butter in your scrambled eggs or something like that. Um, garlic. I've always got to have garlic in the fridge, but I'm quite lazy, so I do the lazy garlic, which is fine. It's just. Nothing wrong with it, right? It's just garlic. It's, you it's look on the back, garlic, it's like. Right? Yeah, it's yeah. just garlic. Um, but it's easier than crushing and things like that. Uh, what I have become quite a fan of recently is if you go into Tesco's, there's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of frozen vegetables now. Now I'm not Pre-cut. talking about, yeah, I'm not yeah. talking about the kind of frozen veg in terms of you know the broccoli peas. and peas and stuff like yeah. that. There's all sorts. There's diced beetroot now. There's avocado halves. It's frozen, brilliant, brilliant. And if you look on the back, it's just literally. And they've got frozen um, fruit as well. They've like got so you can do smoothies. Fruit, so you can make smoothies. They've yeah. got diced onions, which is amazing because I cry whenever you I do cut that onions, a lot, so right? Always use the diced onions. And that way you can just have as much as you want exactly. instead of cutting Wasting up a whole, up a whole onion. Whole onion. Yeah. yeah. So that's one of my staples as well. Good kind child. Of the, those kind of things. Um, you have sauerkraut probably on a daily basis. So I've always got to have a. a it is Jar it is that. officially one of my superfoods, right? It. As it's per my microbiome so, yeah. testing, I should and have mine. it every day. Yeah. So that's great. And I like I like it. I, I don't think a lot of people would, if I'm honest. I don't know, I don't know how you can't. I it's think yummy. it tastes it's it kind good. of reminds me of like salt and vinegar crisps. Mm. Obviously it doesn't have the kind of crispy taste, but it has that salty vinegary yeah, taste nice. to it. And it has no calories and no. it's like just basically wet cabbage. Cabbage, yeah. Salty cabbage. I like it and I like it more so because I know it's really good for you. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, I have to have that. Um, beetroot, we've always got to have beetroot. And again, that can kind of come pickled as well. So you don't always need to make sure you've got fresh beetroot. If I've run out of fresh beetroot for you, then I'll use the... I don't think we ever have fresh tray. beetroot, do we? Oh, you yeah, have grated. Yeah. So you buy grated yeah, again. Buy so you're buying gra- yeah, a package with... For me. You're not even having to work with no. getting your hands all bloody, no, like, no, no. red. Exactly. Because we were, when we first done beet, beetroot, we picked oh, up a couple of times. Yeah. And, like, you cut it on your chopping board and it's stained, it's stained for, for a, a week. Month. Yeah. Whereas now, you don't buy the actual beet, beetroot. You buy it either, like, Shredded. pickled, mm-hmm. like, balls, mm-hmm. the sweet, fire, spicy yeah. balls. You buy the sweet and smoky... Shredded, shredded pickled or the mm-hmm. other pickled kind of crinkle cut beetroot mm-hmm. or shred everything is either pickled exactly. mostly can you get a set? I'm sounding quite lazy aren't I no, but it's great because <laughs> you're using using <laughs> using you're using whole ingredients single ingredients 
Yeah. But saving yourself a bit of time on the on the kind of prep. Yes. And with beetroot, I think it tastes better pickled. Oh, and yeah, you can't guys. do that yourself yeah, easily. Yeah, no, no, no. No, I don't want to, nor, no. do, I, nor do I want exactly. to start pickling not, not stuff. Not worth it. Jars of pickles yeah. around the house. Um, so seasoning, as I said before, our cupboard is absolutely oh, what about full. What about turmeric? Oh, turmeric, loads and loads of that. Yeah, big yeah, fan. I, yeah, I've actually got a giant one from Costco. and just use that because we both love that. And the reason That's I added so that today, because I, I think you've just said beetroot and sauerkraut, I would put turmeric in that kind of mega trending superfood category. Yeah, it does seem to be now, doesn't right, it? Right, because of all of its kind of uh, antioxidant, mm. you know, anti-cancer, yeah. you know, cognitive health and type properties. And people get turmeric tablets as well. You can kind of go into it's a big and deal. get those in, in tablet. I don't know why you wouldn't just put it on your food, but... Everyone's going crazy for that. I bet there's a like shortage of it. And like, mm. I remember watching someone at the beginning of the year, you know, some kind of food um, experts talking about like mega trending food and like... Turmeric was up there as like oh, as really? something that people can't get enough of at the yeah. moment. Yeah, so we have lots of that as lots well. Lots of that. Um, make, make stuff go a bit orange and weird. It does, yeah. Tastes good. But it's good. Yeah, that's good. Uh, I'm a big fan of kind of seasonings. So you, you can get like uh, fish seasonings and chicken seasonings and things like that. Chip seasonings. So these are pre-made, like multi... Yeah, exactly. So again, if you look on the back, there's nothing kind of horrific in there. It's salt pepper and then depending on obviously what flavor you might have paprika in there um if it's more of an italian one you'll have oregano basil it just saves you sometimes even though i do have those herbs and spices it saves you mix them all together and making your own kind of flavor and they're finely blended so they end up being more punchy don't exactly. they because you get more flavor yeah out of them. so a little sprinkle of that as opposed to yeah loads of everything else so mm -hmm. they work wonders so i've got a load of those and they're pre-made the seasonings that you can yeah. just get from like chili a flakes things like that everything just helps to to give that little kick but you also you do you do a lot of the kind of base the the dried uh, herbs, herbs and spices yeah. as well like the single ingredient stuff you yeah, still have a absolutely. lot of those what, yeah. what are your go-tos um basil oregano turmeric obviously um salt pepper um thyme thyme yeah rosemary especially rosemary and thyme they go nice together on little potatoes what else have i seen I'm trying to think oregano what cumin I like a bit of cumin um dill cinnamon not a big fan of dill no, no. cinnamon like that cloves yeah yeah. But again, people would look at it and go, when do I use those? When do I use those? You'd be surprised when you use them. Maybe, yeah. No, as in for this meal, which of those should I yeah. use? Which should I not use? Do I put them all together? Yeah. Or do I just need two or three <laughs> to get the acquired together. taste? I don't you know, know. What I mean? yeah. But again, we, we let's not go into the no. the combinations to make it work. I for will the give you a little foods, top tip though. Go on. If you're making little roast potatoes, you'll know this. When you're putting them in the oil... So you want salt on there. Sounds really weird, but it works. Salt, cloves. This is not part boiling them. No, no, no. This is just your roasties that you're going to make for your Sunday roast or whatnot. So your roast set is salt, um, which people just do and then leave it. But if you put a bit of, um, what's the word, cinnamon on there and a little bit of cloves. Mmm, <gasps> yummy. Sounds really weird. Do you not put any other herbs over, over your potatoes? Is that it? It depends. It depends what I'm doing. Sometimes I'll do... What about those mini, oh, about those those mini the ones? Because they've got time, right? Those are the rosemary thyme ones that you like. Oh, so, so good. Yeah. So it depends what flavour <laughs> I'm going for. But if you're going for roasties with like a Sunday roast, cinnamon... Cinnamon and cloves. Salt there and you cloves. Go. Delicious. Give it a go. Um, eggs, come on. Oh, do you know how many eggs we buy a week? It's 
bordering on ridiculous. We need to have chickens. I don't think our chickens could even keep up if we had chickens. No, we'd, have, we'd need to have we'd like need to have 20, like 50 chickens. Um, yeah. yeah, we go through loads of eggs. The kids love eggs. And to think, even in the last 10 years, at some point, I, I, I kept oh, hearing demonized, you, can't, they? you don't mm. have more than like one egg a day or something mm. because of all the cholesterol in the, in the yolk. It's really bad for you, all that kind of stuff. Mm. You'll get like cardiovascular disease, all that kind of thing. And now they're going, they're pivoting and they're going completely the opposite way, saying eggs, have as much yeah. eggs as you want because the cholesterol is really good for you. It's got protein. You know, they're relatively low in calories. They're so versatile. They've got, so, they've got some I think good. They've said that it's one of the most, or is it the most nutritious? No, maybe no. versatile, maybe? It's very versatile. versatile. How many ways maybe, can you make yeah. eggs? I mean, it's Lots. incredible. I think I've tried them all. <laughs> <laughs> Love eggs. I was speaking to Holly yesterday and she's, I tried to hit her with every type of egg combo, you know, style that I could think of. Yeah. She's had them all and loves them all. She does, yeah. She loves <laughs> eggs. She's mad about eggs. It's so good. Eggs, eggs, eggs is a big thing and not just for breakfast though. I, I'd oh, say... Oh, no. Breakfast, we'll, lunch we'll, and we'll, dinner. We'll, we'll, we'll plaster eggs over everything, yeah. right? Yeah. Where if there's an egg possible, definitely. Yeah. And, and, don't, and, and maybe that's another tip, right? If you're going to try and go healthy, which may mean moving away from gluten and lactose mm -hmm. where you can, which means bread and milk. It can feel like you've run out of options very quickly when mm. you look for ideas in, at breakfast. Eggs has got to be a go-to, right? Eggs, yeah. and, and that is a breakfast food. Oh, yeah, definitely. But it maybe feels a bit indulgent or like you're going to have a fry it, but you can have, you know, scrambled eggs with some turmeric in there, maybe have some, you know, some pickled beetroot, put that in a sweet potato wrap. Mm. with some pe green pesto and that's delicious it is. and there's no bread in sight you've got the carbs from the sweet potato wrap you've got all the nutritious goodness from the you know the beetroot and the turmeric mm. that's a great way to do it but there's so many other ways to have a breakfast and a breakfast doesn't have to be a quote-unquote breakfast food you know no. it could quite easily look like a dinner of course whatever makes you happy first thing in the morning exactly to eat you know some leftover barbecue food. Yeah, fine. Happy days. I know sometimes you can look at those, look at certain foods in the morning and go, I don't want to eat that. No, well, that's me. Most mornings, I don't really, I'm not a really big breakfast fan. But yeah, for you to have barbecue, you have to break the mold, right? Yeah. You have to if you're going to try and avoid gluten. Of you course. have to break the mold. Of course. Otherwise, you're quite limited in your options, aren't you, for breakfast? So, so yeah. So what else have we got? Um, so, our, our carbs are kind of the sweet potatoes, the rice, the gluten free wraps. Like you said, sweet potato wraps are amazing. Um, our meats that we go to, our, our go to meats are salmon, chicken, um, fresh fish. So, fish, so you like a lot of sea bass and trout, tuna, things like that. I just. I but I would say, in priority, in terms of. Uh, what we eat most in order is probably mm. chicken, chicken, salmon, salmon beef. some kind of beef. Some kind of beef, whether and it's then, mince or steak and then or something, yeah. Some chicken, so, sorry, some different fishes that yeah. cycle in and out. But yeah, they're they not, do. it's not like as if we're having fish every day. No. It's not that I don't like it. It's just that it's more expensive. It is more expensive. I don't, I don't feel, I'm not the one kind of eating it personally, but I don't feel that if I dish you up a fish dish every night, it's going to be as fulfilling as... No, because it's less fat. ...as chicken. It is less yeah. fat. Um, yeah, which is good if you're on a... On a Whereas salmon works perfectly like for me because it's got the fat so lovely and meaty, isn't it? it? Yeah. 
It's lovely and meaty. But yeah, so yeah the, the, the staples are chicken, salmon, beef. some kind of beef, whether it's yeah. a mince or it's a steak or something like that. Yeah, not a big fan of pork. We don't have a lot of pork. We don't have pork. Other than sausages now and again, yeah. but not often. No, I don't really buy pork. Don't know. Maybe don't I really should. do much. I, I eat lamb whenever I go out. Yeah. But we don't really eat lamb at don't home. Don't really eat lamb at home. No. And then we'll experiment, right? You've got ostrich to I try know. today, yeah. tomorrow. Yeah, well, I don't know. We've got duck. We've had duck oh, before. Duck, yes. So you will kind of go out there and just put something else out there. On yeah, the, on the yeah. Plate. I like but to be a little bit random. Our go-to's are keep you on your toes. Staples. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have a little shock when you saw the ostrich? In I'm the fine with that. <laughs> I know it'll work. <laughs> Somehow. <laughs> I'm sure. Um, so vegetables that we always kind of are our go-to. Leeks, you love a bit of leeks. Leeks, broccoli, carrots, mushrooms. Mushrooms and so many different types of mushrooms as well. And now they're labelling mushrooms. Have you seen they're labelling mushrooms like high in vitamin D and stuff like that? It's just a mushroom. Oh, they're, they're, they're like great for you. They're really, mushrooms. really good for you. We eat loads of mushrooms, um, which is great. Loads of salads as well. And salad is so easy these days. It's not like you have to buy kind of an iceberg lettuce. I mean, when we were a kid, if my mum done a salad... There was no option. You'd have like rows and rows of iceberg lettuces. That's all there was. But now they do different types of lettuces. So you've got peppery with rocket or you've got a kind of lamb's It's all those lettuce. pre-made Lad- bags. Yeah, That's the only way you make salad, right? You. you don't even have to wash it. It's you all used washed. to buy romaine lettuce or something like that. Yeah. Chop it up yourself. But now you just get the bags. Yeah, you just get the bags. And then chuck in your yeah, cucumber and whatever exactly. else you want to put in there. Whatever you want to put in there, yeah. So make a big Greek salad sometimes as well. I would say, I don't know if you agree, but... I definitely had a preference for salads over vegetables maybe a year ago and then going and looking back, right? Because yeah. when I grew up, my mum made a lot of Greek salad and I love mm. my mum's salads, you know, really nice and, mm. you know, zesty, olive oily yeah. kind of type stuff. So I've grown up enjoying salads, but when you think about it, there isn't actually a lot in there, right? You've got a few no. leaves of a, a lettuce leaf, which mm-hmm. is mostly water. Mm-hmm. Cucumber. You've got cucumber, which is mostly water. <laughs> a bit of onion, perhaps. And then a little bit of tomato, and it's mostly water as well. Yeah. So while salads are good, I'm not knocking salads at all. I Definitely love d- dump a salad on your plate. It just livens up, especially in the spring and summer. Mm. You kind of need that I love freshness. Salads. And I like them for lunch. Mm. But I've now, now I've really understood the value of these big, hearty root vegetables. Yeah. And the, the, the bit, you know, the, they're the more fibrous vegetables. Mm. Once you realize how good they are for your gut, how good they are for like, you know, bowel movements mm. and just feeling good and getting all your nutrients. I've never fell in love with vegetables. You I'll, love veg, I will don't absolutely you? choose a vegetable plate over a salad plate because I will feel more full, right? Yeah. When you start loading up, you know, the likes of, Tender stem broccoli, rainbow carrots, asparagus, spinach, parsnips. mushrooms, parsnips, mm. even things like butternut squash. Not as as keen on that, but mm. even those kind of things. Mm. I love all that stuff. Leeks. Yeah. I love leeks. I know. You're, you com- you're combine all fan. of that with a sweet potato and <laughs> it's great. It's really good. And because I, I love my food and I love big food. It's perfect. Whereas mm. if you you had a smaller appetite, maybe salad's still the way to go. Or you just do a smaller portion to me. Mm. But a, veg, a veggie plate is the way to go if you do the things that you do, which yeah. make the vegetables taste Taste good, yeah. The one thing I can't stand, which is always kind of still, still put me off vegetables, is broccoli and cauliflower. boiled veg. Yeah, like boiled ugh. carrots and boiled broccoli are like, ugh. Minging. It's still holding so much water, it's just... 
yeah, so I'm still not there on the veggie front. I'll eat them, but I'll take a salad over a vegetable meal every time. But you know, but, you know, a veggie plate would be absolutely better, for better you. nutritious, more nutritious. But then again, but there's it's it's it's, it's a good or a great a, option. Exactly, that's, that's the it's a preference for me, and I I prefer yeah. to have a salad. I love salads. Could eat them all day, every day. Have got anything else that you keep in a fridge? Think so. Cheeses. We love a bit of goat's cheese. Feta, because goat's cheese is really versatile as well. I like goat's cheese on everything. Whack them on mushrooms, put them in on omelette. Um, so you're talking goat soft goat's cheese. Soft goat's cheese, yeah. yeah. Because feta's also goat. As goat well, and sheep, yeah. And halloumi? Uh, same, goat and sheep. So all the cheeses we typically eat are from either from goat, not cow. Yeah, goat not or from sheep cows. and yeah, not from cows. Protein. Yeah. Because it's less lactose and mm. they don't have the A1 Exactly. Uh, protein which is known to be quite quite difficult for your stomach to handle yeah. so we go for like the a2 variants which are either a2 milk mm -hmm. if you're going to buy milk yeah. or from a cheese perspective we go for the goat or the sheep type mm. stuff i love halloumi mm. it's probably because i've always loved halloumi right because i'm greek oh, so good. feta i'm greek i love that mm. and uh goat stuff uh, goat's cheese uh, soft goat cheese i've not really known not really experimented with much until you started doing it's it a year and a half ago, but it's super tasty. That's yummy. So Even that in a sweet potato flavor. as well. Mm. Oh, yummy. delicious. <laughs> You're making me hungry now. <laughs> <laughs> we can so need good. to go eat yeah, again exactly. after this. Um, just one thing on the milk front is, yeah, if you can, Tesco's and other supermarkets now do A2 milk, which is really good to see. And that's only been in the last kind of six months or so that I've actually mm. seen that come about. And people may not know what that is and I'm not going to try and... No, but if you have a going to try and suggest yeah. what it is. But basically, at the highest level, um, there's two varieties of, of, of cow breeds at a kind of milk production level. Um, there's the A1 um, milk from A1 cows, which are the majority of the black and white cows you see, mm. you know, across... I can't, I can't remember what they're called, but mm. across the US and most parts of the UK, it's what you know to mm. be the what cows cow that produce like. milk. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, they were mutated at some point through their evolution and um, through mass production and how they treat the animals with antibiotics and all that kind of stuff. What you end up getting through that variant of, of cow is an overly treated, overly um, kind of pasteurized, you know, concoction of thousands of milks, all, uh, you know, cow's mm. milk put together. And it's A1 milk, which is uh, pro-inflammatory. It's more inflammatory into your stomach than um, the alternative, which mm. is A2 milk. And A2 milk can come from sheep and goat, but it can also come from a breed of cow yeah. that usually the brown ones, the brown yes, cows whatever are the brown typically cow the A2 variant. Correct, yeah. And it's just a healthier milk. Mm. And it tastes no different. And you remember, you, you see when we went to Australia... It was like, it was oh, normal. It was, it was everywhere. Yeah, A2, you, everywhere. Actually, you couldn't Big buy branding. anything that wasn't A2 milk. But now over here, you, you're only getting in like little two pints, which is fine for us because we don't have a lot the of The majority milk. of the milk stand is still, is still normal milk. Yeah, but you're starting to see A2 milk. Yeah, you've feature. got a little bit of A2 milk now, which is quite nice. Almond milk, obviously. Obviously, loads of that. Loads of that. Almond butter as well. Can't forget that as well. Which is peanut that. butter, but... Almonds. Better. Um, <laughs> yeah. A little bit of coconut milk sometimes if we're making like a curry or something like that. Infrequently, but, but yeah, yeah not, more on the not very front. often. Um, so yeah, those are all of it, my... Right? Yeah, and then obviously so. just shit tons of hummus. Yeah, which we make as well. Maybe we could do a little, yeah, a little hummus recipe. Yeah, I, we so have. Easy. We have. 
Oh, hey, we're here. Yeah, it's already on there. Already on there. Oh, yeah. Go, yeah. go do that. You then. don't do it often, but when you do it, it's, it's great. And it takes just I like. I just can't keep up with it. That's like the problem. The, the stuff you get from a restaurant. Yeah, no, it's it's lovely. I just can't keep up with how much you and the kids eat because the kids eat hummus as well. So if I make a great big batch, it's gone within a You need to go. Day. You go Costco sometimes yeah, and get, get some a, of these. Yeah. Like, Turmeric and stuff yeah. like that. Big pots of this stuff. Great big pots of hummus and it lasts about big two days. Big pots of almond butter. Almond butter, yeah. Costco's way forward. It's the way forward. <laughs> Look, I think we've done it. I, th- I think this was great. Um, is there anything you want to close on to, just again, uh, any other final words of encouragement for people to f- be inspired to look through the food diary and actually pick up a recipe and get at it? I what? mean, without without the blow-by-blow step process Mm -hmm. that within within these foods, how are people going to get started? How are they going to pick up one of these and go, okay, I know how this is put together? So I think the photo is quite telling because you won't find, you you couldn't look at that and say that there's loads of processes in there. If if it's a sweet potato, it's either a jacket or wedges or mash or something like that. That's quite straightforward. I don't need you to, you don't need to be told how to shove them in the microwave. Same. Make a cross in them. Now blow people's minds. Them, shove them in a microwave. Twenty minutes done. Amazing. No Just oven. Delicious. No oven. No mm. convection oven. No. Just pure no, microwave just power. In the microwave, yeah. Cool. They're amazing. Um, so I think if you look at the food, you could see that there's it hasn't really been played with. Our food doesn't really get played with. If it's sweet potato, but it's in whatever variety you want. Either you can make it into chips, or you can make it into wedges, or you can make it into crisps, mash, jackets. Loaded jackets, where you kind of stuff. We do them. give the 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 quantities of yeah. the various things. The only thing we haven't been specific on is exactly how much of the seasoning yeah. and when to apply the seasoning course, to maximise the taste. Tasting, but likewise, you know we're we're here, and we're family, and we're open to questions or suggestions or anything like that. So anything that anyone maybe has, we start using the community to sure. kind of. Just drive that kind of spirited discussion yeah. or like, somebody wants exactly to know, how did that Yeah, happen? how did you do that? Or, yeah. you know, one of my friends reached out to me and said, oh, I tried to make sweet potato chips and it didn't work, but it turns out she'd taken the skin off oh. and then they just go to mush because they obviously need the skin. And you would they, think you, you think you would do that, right? Because you do that with potatoes. You do that with potatoes, but yeah, you don't do sweet interesting. potatoes. So you keep the skin on. Yeah. And then obviously that will crisp and hold the fluffy potato in as opposed to it all just falling apart. I think we're going to need to have another discussion at some point. So, yeah. As we get questions Part through, <laughs> yeah, as, pe- as people start to dig in a little deeper and yeah. experiment and not have their food look exactly like yours or or feel that it's, it's missing in flavour, mm. if we're honest and say, actually, yeah, that was a quite a bland one, which, mm. to be honest, they never are. No. <laughs> or what was missing? Let's try and kind of dissect mm. what you've done and work out what process is mm. missed or... What flavour was uh, was left on the table? Mm. And then we'll do a barbecue one as well, and you can talk through the barbecue because that was a good <laughs> barbecue. You do a good barbecue, but it's so straightforward, isn't it? I don't know. I don't. I can't barbecue. Well, I Some I can't people barbecue. can't barbecue. Never... We know this, <laughs> <laughs> but it I've isn't never that tried complicated. To barbecue, so I don't know whether I could do it. You can hundred percent. You could bloody put it's some a blue job. meat. You can put some meat on a, on, on a bloody barbecue and turn it around a couple of times. I was getting a little bit cool. stressed out just having to fan the flames. No, the pressure. you could do it. Don't okay. give it. But anyway, I'll, I'll happily own that you do one the job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Once a year. Cool. All right, listen, let's uh, wrap this up, babe. This, uh, thanks for listening. Hopefully you found this useful. And uh, we'd love to take any uh, questions or uh, 
feedback or maybe even ideas on how to put together really nice food that we haven't contemplated. We don't uh, declare that we've um, mastered everything or we've tried every type of food. So if you've got any great ideas that are healthy and really around helping you thrive, then we'd love to hear it. But for now, Adaptation is providing you with the tools and expert knowledge to help you improve and optimize your strength, health, and mindset inside and out. Thank you, guys. Bye. If you enjoy this show, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps. And, of course, recommend us to any friends or family who you think might also enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. This is Adapt Nation.